Ladies and gentlemen, episode 8 of the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast is here. So, put your headphones in, turn the volume up, grab a sandwich, if you will, and listen up. I got plenty of things to say. So, here we go. What is up? Welcome to the Knuckle Sandwich Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Anderson, and... One word, one word only for this past weekend's fights. Wow! Nine out of 11 of the fights came from a finish. Um, This weekend was just beautiful to watch. From the bottom of the card all the way up to the top, all the way up to that head kick knockout that we saw in the main event. I mean, every single fight on this card delivered. Uh, It was fantastic. It lived up to the hype. And I can't wait to go over uh, what we bet on um, for this card. So... Let's just start at the very, very, uh, the the fight that brought us here at the beginning. Justin Gagey and Dustin Poirier, number two. Now remember, this was a rematch from 2018 in the first fight where Poirier got the TKO in round four. And if you remember last week, um, I had said that I thought it would be a, uh, we would relive that moment. That Poirier would get that hand raised again in probably the fourth or fifth round by knockout or TKO, and actually, it was the opposite. Um, Gaethje gets the knockout win with that head kick in the second round. Uh, it was just like the last year's fight with Leon Edwards and Kamal Usman, the headshot bang, headshot done, headshot dead uh, kick that he had in Salt Lake City. So there's a whole bunch of deja vu going around uh, last Saturday with the Gaethje knockout. And um, if, if you're a fight fan and you understand how fights work and you understand how fighting works, then you would see that all the way through the first round, if you remember the last fight, right, uh, the first fight, Gaethje was beautiful with the leg kicks, the leg kicks over and over and over, inside, outside, back and forth um, throughout the first three rounds, and Poirier picked up on that. Well, what Poirier didn't pick up on on this time was that he was going to turn one of those into a head kick. And so with that first round, he threw a lot of leg kicks. He, he really got the hands kind of coming down. He was able to throw some fakes. And um, coming in around two, you know, loading up, throwing that leg, that head kick with the right leg, um, really, Dustin said he didn't see it coming. He, he didn't see it coming at all. Um, so Gaethje gets the knockout win over Dustin Poirier at UFC 291. And that was such a beautiful fight to watch. And what a what a Cinderella moment that was for that fight, um, leading up to it with all the anticipation. Now, what I see for Gaethje and Poirier both, we're going to go over both of them for their future matchups, what I think should happen, right? Um, for Gaethje, for winning the fight, I believe this solidifies him as next in line for the title, whoever wins, Islam or Charles Oliveira. Uh, they fight in Abu Dhabi later this uh, year, I believe in October. I think that's going to be an incredible fight. I think we've seen uh, Charles Oliveira hit another gear since his last fight with Islam, and I think that Gaethje has pretty much solidified himself in getting a rematch against one of those two um, whenever the time comes, more than likely in 2024. So I see that now. We saw on Twitter a bunch uh, about Conor McGregor sending out all these tweets, blah, 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 bullcrap. Screw it. Conor, you're not it. This is not your time. Don't steal the shine, buddy. You're barely even passing drug tests, okay? You just about got back in the USADA pool. Worry about Michael Chandler because I think he's going to knock you out. So, uh, I think uh, up next for Gaethje, don't worry about Conor McGregor. 
you just go straight to the winner of Islam and Charles. Now, for Dustin Poirier, right, there's two ways that this could go. Um, obviously, I think he still needs to fight a high-ranked guy. There's a couple that come in mind for me. Um, you know, you've got Benil Daryush. Um, Gamrot just signed a fight with Fazeev, I believe. So, that's out of the books. Um Really, there's not that many that I'm like excited about for him. Um, Armin Tuskarian is one guy that I think would be pretty good. I think that would be an interesting fight. Um, but the real match that I want to see, pending on how his fight goes in a few weeks, is Max Holloway. If we run back the Dustin Poirier-Max Holloway fight, I think that would be so fun. I think that would be great at 155 with both these guys a little older in their careers now. So... My bet, my hope is Max Holloway, but I think Armin or even Benil Daryush would make a good fight um, just to get another W in his belt. I think Poirier can beat either one of those guys. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's it for both of those guys. Uh, when we look at the co-main event, Alex Padilla and Jan Wojovic, um, we were wrong about that one as well. I thought that Jan was going to be able to use the wrestling, and he was, and he did in the first round, but then he came out in rounds two and three and looked tired as all get out. Um, I thought... That, uh, like I said, I thought he was going to be able to wrestle him and, and keep the striking. And he landed some good shots, but ultimately his cardio was just terrible. That elevation in Salt Lake City does some damage on some people. So, Alex Padilla, he was able to keep calm and cool and collected. And you can tell that 205 is his natural weight class for sure. Whenever he did kickboxing, he fought at light heavyweight. And I think this is probably where he needs to stay, ultimately. Um, so, with him, um, he looked fast, man. He looked strong. And I, I think that, uh, obviously, what's next for him is Yuri Prohoshka for the belt. Now, the the title is vacated because of Jamal Hill and his Achilles injury. So, I think that uh, putting Alex Padilla and Yuri Prohoshka together makes a huge fight. They just announced, oh my god, they just announced Magomed Akaleov and Johnny Walker. And I can't wait for that fight. That's going to be so much fun. Uh, I think... We'll get into that later, but I don't want to steal the shine from Alex Pereira. But I think that Pereira and Yuri are up for the belt next. And then Jamal Hill comes in, fights the winner. And then the winner of Magomed and um, Johnny Walker maybe have one more fight. And then they're in the title contention. So light heavyweight division is getting a little more exciting now uh, with some of this uh, almost drama going on with it. With all the title losses, injuries, and all those kinds of things. So... Keep an eye out on that 205 division. Now, up next, Derek Lewis is now the KO King. Now, last time, or one of the times we did a a podcast, if you remember, Matt Brown had tied the record. Um, Well, Derek Lewis just stole it back, and he did it with a flying freaking knee. 262 and a half pounds, six-pack of abs. Never seen it with Derek Lewis, and he comes in and throws a flying knee against Rodrigo, very first thing, and uh, pops him. You could tell he was he looked very Jorge Masvidal-like uh, in that moment. Uh, got on top, secured the top mount, then got the back, and ultimately just won the fight. Now, in true Derek Lewis fashion, of course he takes off the shorts. He does his little throwing it around. He throws the cup in the crowd. He says his balls is hot. Uh, says some other things that I can't say on this podcast because we are ready to clean. But... Uh, I I just I loved it. That was such an awesome moment for Derek Lewis to get back on track in that way and to to uh, ultimately get back in the winning column, but also get his name back in the picture. Now he is a free agent, okay? 
So I think that uh, for him, he's got to kind of weigh his options because Francis is looking for a fight, right? And so if he can get paid $2 million to fight Francis Ngannou, that's kind of enticing. I mean, I would, like I said before, I would take $2 million to fight Francis Ngannou. And I know that's stupid. But $2 million, hey, to get punched one time and get knocked out, I'm not against it. Now, if he stays in the UFC, I've got two people that I think would make interesting fights or good fights for him at least to get another W back in his uh, uh, win column per se. Number one is Marcin Tybura. We saw him fight Tom Aspinall in London and we didn't really get to see much of Marcin because he fought Tom Aspinall, one of the best heavyweights in the division, in the world per se. So I think that uh, putting those two together, Marcin and Derek Lewis, would make for a little more of an interesting fight. Not so much lopsided one way or the other. Um, and then the other person that I got is Jarzinho Rosenstrike. I believe they fought before. I think that would be a great fight again. Uh, Jarzinho just lost to Yelton Almeida a few months ago. And so I think that would make it uh, kind of an interesting, good slugfest again as well. So Derek Lewis, KO King. Shout out to you, my guy, even though I, you don't know me uh, and you're not my guy. Okay, up next, Bobby Green submits Tony Ferguson. Now, is this the end of the Tony Ferguson era? I think not. I, I, I wanted to say I think so, but I think not, okay? This guy still has fight in him. He looked good, um, and there's... There's been these uh, talks out like, oh, Bobby Green poked my eye on purpose. He's a dirty fighter, whatever. Man, look, you lost. Take it. Take the L, okay? You're 0-6 in your last six fights. You fought some of the best people. Bobby Green is not one of the best, but he's he is a strong contender. Don't take this loss like a sore loser. Understand? It's just you're getting old. It's not your time. Try to find somebody else that you can fight and maybe get a win and go out on the high note like Robbie Lawler just did. For Bobby Green, though, man, I I have a love-hate relationship with his fighting style. With the hands down by the side like a street fighter, like it gets me riled up like I'm watching amateur fights back in like 2006 in Camden, Tennessee. But that's not what we're doing. We are in the UFC. Bobby, put your hands up, man. But it works. I, I can't blame him for that. Now, what I would like to see with Bobby Green is uh, is him welcoming a fighter back from an injury. Uh, he goes by the name of Patty the Batty Pimblet. I want to see Bobby and Patty go at it. I think that would be cool. I think that would be fun. I think there would be a lot of hype, a lot of trash talk going into that fight. It would make it kind of interesting. So, Bobby Green, Patty the Batty, sign it up. Let's do it. And then the last one I really want to talk about is the guy, the GOAT, the trash talk king, Kevin, Big Mouth, Trailblazer, whatever you want to call him, Holland. He came out and submitted a jiu-jitsu, dare say expert, in Michael Chiesa. Wrestling strong. Submission game really good. Choke him out by a darse choke. Now, I saw something uh, this week. Uh... Kiesa was on DC and RC, another podcast on ESPN from Daniel Cormier and Ryan Clark. And uh, funny enough, they were talking about uh, Kevin Holland has a black belt in jiu-jitsu and they're talking about his ground game. And he was like, yeah, and he's really good at the darts choke and the darts choke has been my enemy. And then all, of course, of course it goes full circle and Kevin Holland wins by darts choke. Um, and he looked fantastic. Obviously, he's going to be in the rankings now. So who does he fight next? He said he's not against going back to 185, but I think 170 is his spot. I think he's able to have length on these guys. He's able to control the fight more, and he looks strong and fast against them. 
I think he needs to stay at 170, first and foremost. Now, for his fight next, I think there's a couple different routes he could go, okay? Obviously, when you become ranked and you're going for the title, you always want to fight up. So he wants to fight up. Two guys that he needs to keep in mind are fighting, on. I think, in two weeks, Vicente Luque and Rafael Dos Anjos. He needs to be looking at both of those guys and saying, okay, I want one of you. They're both ranked above him. RDA, I think, is still in the lightweight rankings. But uh, Luque, RDA would be two guys that he could go in, make a statement win again, and then really start fighting up in that top 10, top 5. If he wants to take on somebody that is on a high note right now, Jack, Jack Della Madalena. I think would be a beautiful fight between those two. He's coming off his win against Basil Hafez, which is which was controversial. Um, so if I'm JDM, I'm like, hey, I'll take that guy because both are riding hot streaks. And if you if one of you can take out the other, that just solidifies you more in those rankings to fight up into that top ten. So if he doesn't want to fight somebody above him, JDM I think should be calling his name, and they both should fight. I think that's a stylistic, fantastic matchup. If he wants to fight up, I think it's the Luke RDA winner. So one of those two, I think, go great. Now, on the weekend, we went two for four, so that puts our record to 22 and 16. Still winning, but just barely. So we got to get better at this. Now, speaking of getting better, UFC Nashville is this Saturday. I will be in attendance with my wife, my brother, and some friends, and I cannot wait. We're going to be sitting in section 113. So if you listen to this podcast and you want to come say hello, I'm going to be sitting there and probably taking a bunch of videos to put on my Instagram because this is going to be uh, so fantastic. First UFC event live. I've been to a lot of professional fights, a lot of amateur fights, but this is the first UFC event I'm getting to go to. And they have a heck of a card to go along with it. Starting off with the main event, Corey, the Sandman, Sanhagen versus Rob Font. Now, if you remember... Originally, it was Sanhagen versus Umar Nurmagomedov, and I'm so glad for Sanhagen that that is not who he's fighting. Um, With fighting Umar, uh, you've got to know that you can't wrestle against him or that your ground game better be super good and you better be able to keep him in the guard or standing. Um, This changes the whole complexion, the whole game plan of the fight because, number one, A, Rob Font is a boxer, okay? So... Sanhagen has a little bit more leadway back and forth if he wants to go to the ground or go standing. I think Sanhagen is the more all-around fighter in this fight. Now, keep in mind, though, this is at a catch weight at 140. So that could change things. Font's not having to cut as much weight. Sanhagen just went through a weight cut. Now he's adding a little bit more back and will probably have to cut down a little bit more. So, with that being said, Sanhagen being on a two-fight win streak against two guys, Song Yudong and Cheeto Vera... And then uh, you've got um, Rob Font just knocked out Adrian Yanez. Um, I, man, I really this is my pick'em fight of the night, and this is gonna be super hard for me to pick. I'm gonna go with Corey Sanhagen just because I feel like he's gonna be the all, more all-around fighter, and that is so hard for me to say because I love Rob Font. So Corey Sanhagen over Rob Font, I think, is gonna be the pick. I think that the winner of this fight has some pull in becoming the number one contender. Now, I think Sanhagen more than Font. I think Font would probably have to get another win, maybe two. But I think uh, for Corey Sanhagen, more than likely, he will be the number one contender after this fight. In our co-main event, uh, we're looking at Tatiana Suarez and 
Jessica Andrade. And this fight, um, if you remember last time Andrade fight, we 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 bet on her against uh, Yan Xiaonan. And we lost horribly. Uh, so my faith is very small in Jessica Andrade this weekend. Um, but it's because Tatiana Suarez is 10-0. Um, she's got length to her. She can knock out and submit. And I think that, honestly, like Tatiana Suarez is just the better fighter in this fight. Um, I think it's going to go by stoppage, and I, I don't really know which one, if it's going to go to the ground or knockout. Um, I just I think that Andrade is on the down slope right now. I don't think that uh, she is going to be on the rise anytime soon, and it may be time to hang up the gloves kind of closer to time. So Tatiana Suarez over Jessica Andrade in our co-main event. Up next, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but Kennedy versus Dustin Jacoby. I'm excited for this fight. I think uh, Jacoby is a very, very skilled fighter. I think he's got super long length, but um, Kennedy, I remember watching him, man, a couple months ago. He almost got knocked out, recovered, and then started elbowing the crap out of this person. I remember I was sitting with my wife and we were watching it and she was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And yeah, oh my God. Uh, I think Kennedy is going to win this fight. He's on a three-fight win streak. He's on a hot streak. I think he wins by knockout or by uh, by decision, but I think it's going to be a stoppage. I think he's going to knock out just Dustin Jacoby, and it may be in the later rounds because we saw Jacoby's um, stamina and will to push in his last fight kind of start to tinker off. So I think if he's able to keep pressure in the beginning and get to the lighter rounds, I think that Kennedy wins by KO. Um, and then my featured fight, my, my bottom fight, my prelim fight, my remember the name, uh, Billy Q versus Damon Jackson. This fight is good. It's two veterans um, of the game, but I think it's two different styles of matchups, which could make for a good fight or it could make for a super boring one. I'm not really sure. I think it's going to be good because both these guys are looking to go on the up, right? Um, and so I think with Billy Q, his his goal or his, his chances to win, his keys to victory, right? Um, number one, keep it standing. Damon Jackson has 15 wins by submission, which tells me, if I'm Billy Q, don't go to the ground. Stand up, okay? Um, and I think, honestly, that's your key to victory. Um, if you look at, I think, Damon Jackson's last two losses are both by KO. And then I think his first one was by submission. So if we look at all those together, two to one, knockout to the submission, Stand up with this guy. Throw some haymakers. Knock him out. Billy Q over Damon Jackson. So my picks for this weekend. UFC Nashville. We've got Corey Sanhagen. Tatiana Suarez. Kennedy. I'm not saying his last name. And Billy Q. Write him up. Put him into FanDuel. I'm going to be doing it soon. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I really liked it. I felt like we were just kind of vibing and, and talking and going. Um, as always... I'm going to keep you up to date with all the fight news, okay? Because that's just how I am. That's how who I who I be, okay? And um, yeah, man, we've got some good ones coming up. Uh, one fight that I really like uh, that they announced was Edson Barboza's, Barboza and Sadiq Youssef. In October, um, they announced Blonde Brunson and Roman Dalizzi, uh to November 11th in, I believe that's in uh, New York, and I think Roman... Is going to win that. I don't see... Brunson in his last few fights have just looked terrible. Um, and I don't think that it's going to change much. Also, be on the lookout. Giga Chikadze 
And Alex Caceres, August 26th in Singapore. Beautiful fight. Oh, yes. And then Fazeev and Gamrai. I, now, I said that earlier. That's in September. Dan Ige, Bryce Mitchell, September 23rd in Las Vegas. Uh, Drew Dober is coming up again in uh, October. I mean, there's so many fights going on. I always post on my Instagram, so go follow the Instagram. Knuckle Sandwich Podcast is the name. Um, yeah. Episode 8 in the books. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you will, share this with your peoples on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now X. Not Twitter anymore. Uh, do all the stuff. Just please. Why not? Okay. I love you. Have a great day. Peace. Mwah!